podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Friends, families and loved ones, I bet you haven't purchased a Father's Day gift yet, have you? Not to fear, because the leaders in Below the Waist Grooming are here. I'm talking about friends at Manscaped. Yes, if you're the type of person that would be comfortable handing your father... Uh, a ball shaving kit then have we got an offer for you a total package for the father figure in your life upgrade his game from waist to face with this exclusive offer uh, 8 million men worldwide Jesus Christ 8 million men worldwide trust Manscaped and you get 20% off and free shipping with the code Rangers Manscaped will help you increase your confidence level up your full body grain and grooming and it's the ultimate father's day but with the performance package 4.0 you'll get the lawnmower 4.0 the weed wire a 2.0 nose and hair and ear trimmer that's the boy that's what the dad will appreciate i would literally die on the spot of embarrassment if i was even to discuss my testicles with my old man but hey these are liberal times we live in and if this is your thing you might as well get 20 percent off and if nothing else it'll be a conversation starter so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code rangers at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the code rangers make us father's day one he won't forget <laughs> i can guarantee that with manscaped <laughs> Hello everyone, it's David here with your... No, that's Daily Update intro. Uh, yeah, what did that? Yeah, it's so called Heart and the Rangers podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Leave it in, that's 15 seconds. Yeah. That's a good point, aye. Um, they said we needed to come up it was like with my book when they were saying, right, it needs to be X amount of words. I was like, fish, tree, comb, that's three. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say it had to make sense. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host and I have an all-star panel this week. Uh, although they could technically call the C-Squad, that's simply to do with the first letter of their names rather than their position on the hierarchy. First of all, it's Colin McMillan. Hello, yeah, thank you for that introduction. That was very, very good of you. you uh, like that was one? Good. Yeah, it was good. Um, and I know you don't even plan these things, they just come naturally, which is, makes it all the better. But, but you yeah. know that because I, I fucked up the intro. Was, <laughs> this is like my third attempt at it today. The listeners that, wouldn't get true. that. But yeah, so no, the, the, it's very much planned to the point where, uh, unplanned to the point where I, I don't get it right. But yeah, good to have you here, Colin. And uh, of course, joining him is Cami Bell. David, a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Colin, lovely to speak to you. And most importantly, listeners, lovely to talk to you about all things Rangers. Yes, and uh, we were through in Edinburgh this weekend as we took on Hibs. Um, very strange game. Um, I went through in the away end. Um, I just thought I'd fancy doing that rather than press for a, uh, for a change, and it was great to be in the away end. But you could tell it was an end-of-season game, I think it's fair to say. Rangers with an unusual team, not a team that you would expect to see very often. The manager saying he had up to about a dozen unavailable. There was some a raft of late injuries, meaning a lot of kids on the bench. And Cami, I, w- I was a little surprised, I'll be honest, by the lack of intensity from Hibs because they did have something to play for. I wouldn't have been overly happy had Rangers just turned up. But you do understand that the tempo you're going to get in a game now that is a dead rubber, really, for us. It's unlikely to be the same you're going to get at Easter Road earlier in the season. But I thought Hibs would present 
more of a challenge. Rangers didn't get out of second gear, didn't need to to dominate this match. And with Hibs going for Europe, I, I was very, very surprised at the lack of intensity, both on and off the park from them, really. Yeah, it was quite strange. Um, and I think when you saw the lineup, well, their lineup, obviously, we were a little bit kind of ragtag in terms of, obviously, as you say, some of the injuries and the selection problems the manager was going to have. But their lineup looked, I thought, fairly consistent for what they have. I think everybody uh, started to point towards Nisbet as their, as their main potential issue. But I think for me, Davey, within these games that you've kind of mentioned, once the league was pretty much done and dusted, all of the talk that we've had is around our lineup and who would feature in order to be able to give an impression towards the manager and and clearly with one eye on next season. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was interesting how Hibs presented themselves within that because as an opposition manager, I would probably have said, you know, let, let's try and go for them. As you rightly say, Hibs had something to play for. So I would have said, you know, especially a back, a back pairing as we did, um, let's go and press them, let's go and try and go for it. And it just seemed like as if, Hibs never really got out of gear to be able to try and do that. And I, I would struggle to understand if that was intentional or not because um, it didn't suit them. And I just felt that it just never really happened for them at all. So, yeah, weird game plan. Yep, absolutely. And uh, Rangers you know, took advantage and I thought looked pretty, as I say, steady, secure, dominating possession. Uh, maybe weren't making a lot of chances early on, Colin, but I don't think that there was any doubt who the, the better team was. And then we did take the lead. Um, it was a, a wonderful strike from James Tavernier, another one of those amazing 30-yard penalties that he only scores <laughs> um, when he stepped up and, and lashed that free kick and saw the goalkeeper dawdling. So the goalkeeper wasn't in the right position for it, David Marshall. Uh, I think it's fair to say that David Marshall, much like our own Alan McGregor, has had a great career, but Father Time is always the winner in that one-on-one contest, um, and he was nowhere near it. I mean, he really wasn't, uh, considering I think that he had time to get across his line and save it. But quick thinking and quick execution, terrific goal from Tav. And uh, First of all, we'll talk about the goal, but then I want to bring something up about, about Tav that I think is a great start for him, but a killer for us, and that's that he's our top scorer. But again, fantastic goal. It's a really good goal, yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes Tav doesn't get the credit he deserves for some of these free kicks because he's got more than just one type of free kick in his locker. He's really good at just looking at the situation, looking at the keeper, and like you say, making that quick decision. And he almost beats the keeper with his mind sometimes. And then he perfectly sits the free kick. And he's done this so many times from so many different angles. Um, Super, super talented from a dead ball situation. And it's just another talent that he's got, which... Leads to, I think, what you're going to talk about next, uh, how he is the top scorer and, and why that's potentially an issue. Yeah. Um, as Colin says, Cammy, he, he won at the, the Rangers. He swept the board, really. He won the Sam English ball for the top scorer. He won the, the Players' Player of the Year and the Player of the Year, all of which I think were deserved. And I don't even think he's had a, uh, by his own standards, I don't think he's had a great season. But I, I wouldn't disagree with any of those decisions, but the, the, the top goal scorer one is, is binary. It's the person with the most goals. And while it's wonderful that you've got a right back who's weighing in with 18 goals, I don't think that it's coincidental that it's coming in a side that isn't winning trophies. Because imagine if we had front players that were regularly scoring and midfielders that were regularly scoring and a right back that was scoring 18 goals. Well, then that's different gravy. But we cannot be in a situation where a right-back and penalty-taker is our top scorer. 
we have failed too often to have midfielders weighing in with 10 to 12, wide strikers or number 10s, whatever, whatever we play them as, whatever you want to call them, weighing in with 12 to 15 and a striker that you can rely on to get 20 to 25. Uh, even when we were doing well, we were pretty reliant on Morelos and Tav. And then the year that it changed, we won the league. We did have those contributions. We had Roof contributing as well. We had uh, Hadji contributing goals as well. That was a difference, our field. That's just straight away to me, Cammy. something glaringly staring us in the face of, well, there's a reason and there's something that needs fixed. Yeah, but then I think, I mean, you're right, but, you know, the counterpoint to that is I think that that's why I have so much respect in the dressing room because guys see how much he scores and Colin's completely right. You know, he's, he's, I don't want to take away his penalty kicks away from it because scoring penalty kicks in some of the games that he's done is not easy, Um, but his consistency is key. However, his free kicks in terms of, of, of some of them, I, I thought that the, the free kick against Celtic at Parkhead could easily have one goal of the season. Um, and people will rem- you know barely remember that goal because it wasn't a Celtic victory. Um, or, sorry, I beg your pardon. A, a, a victory against Celtic. However, the, the bottom line is Tav has been a tremendous servant for Rangers. Uh, loves Easter Road. Um, obviously made his debut there, scored his first goal there. 400 appearances in, he's on a ratio, I think, of something like a goal every four games. It's just part of what he does. The the, the main thing for us now is to, to relieve the pressure on him with solid recruitment, being able to bring in someone that will score regularly, look like they want to be here, try and stay injury-free. So some of the players that you mentioned there as well will get consistent runs within the team. Todd Cantwell is already doing it. Um, a full season under his belt, I think Cantwell easily hits uh, double figures at least. So that will already start to, to uh, help Tavernier out with some of that stuff. But it has to come from the forward line back the way, David. And um, and ultimately, it was a great free kick. I do. I, I think you know there was some questions around if that was your goalkeeper, where would you where would you be criticising him? I think that you know Marshall. I think you're right. He did actually pull out some great saves. One from John Lindstrom later on in the game, in particular. But still, um, you know, Tav's quick-mindedness and he had, uh, I think, both centre-halves in the box and he could easily have floated that in, chose to take that option and it came off for us. And yeah, um, a brilliant free kick and I'm fairly sure not his last one for us as well. No, absolutely not. And as I say, Colin, if the the other areas of the side that are supposed to provide the goals are providing the goals, then this is just jam on top. This is brilliant. You know, a right-back dealing this. It just... When I when I saw him getting that award, it, I did think, well done, but you know you don't need to look too far to go. Well, there's an issue. No, it's it's a huge attribute as part of this summer's recruitment. It's going to be players that can score. Um, if you look at this season across all matches, we've only got four players in double figures, and we've only, got, we've, yeah. we've only got six players with more than five goals. And of that six, you've got Scott Arfield, Tillman, and Morelos aren't going to be here next season. Um, other one, the other, the other ones are obviously um, Sakala, uh, Cholak, and uh, Tavenier. Um, I think Sakala's going to be here. I think Tav's going to be here. Question marks around Cholak. So it's it's not just adding more of those in. It's actually replacing some of the few that are actually doing it for us. Mm. Um, but yeah, Tavenier absolutely his his contributions fantastic. It's an asset, but it's an asset we've grown to rely on rather than rather than use it to flourish with. And that's what it should be. Your your right back shouldn't be your talisman. Everything shouldn't start via them. Everything shouldn't go through them. But it has with us, and it has for a long time. 
And we need to change that. We need to start sharing these goals around so that when he does have his um, three games out of four where he doesn't score, other people pick up that mantle and deliver for us because at the minute, they're not. Although that is over 100 in his 400th appearance for Rangers, Cammy. Um Incredible. <laughs> One and four from right back. He's he's just, you know, you can't argue with the stats. But into the second half, and then a very popular goal, Yanis Hadji getting on the end of one. Uh, I thought it was a, from behind the goal. I thought it was a penalty. If it wasn't, uh, I thought the Hibs player handled it and his arms were away from his body. But he reacted quickly and put it away. He hadn't had a good first half. He looked miles off it. I mean, he'd look miles off it, getting caught in possession, struggling to, to get to the tempo of what wasn't the quickest game. See the difference in him after he got that goal. And it's amazing. We, we you know, he was very emotional and he spoke about the last 16 months um, flashing up in front of his eyes when he got the goal. But the difference confidence makes to, to even professional footballers is... <laughs> you, you, you I wish you could bottle it. Um, suddenly his touch was sure. Suddenly his passes were coming off. Uh, it, it it's remarkable because in the first half, I think we were all looking at it and going, "Geez, he's oof. But second half, much better and, and delighted to see him get that goal. He's, he's had a horrendous time of it. I mean, he has. And I think, you know, touching on the point I mentioned earlier on regarding these series of games to be able to, to run out the league uh, season and, and, and what potential benefit we get out the back of. Obviously, you guys have done it on Flagship. I've done it on Extra. We've done it on our Patreon site as well, where we have to look at the, I suppose, the what's the productive use out of being able to try and play these games. And for me, that's exactly what we saw within the Yanis Hadji goal. I think you're right, and I think it's fair to say that, you know, he was struggling in the game up to that point. Um, He's, he's probably not looked... He's not looked where I, I think we all know he can be, and that's probably been a, a combination of the confidence that you mentioned, but also getting back up to speed with it. Because I think it's easy for us as non-footballers to say, well, you know, you're, you're getting training every day, you're getting physio every day, you're building back up to it. Um, you know, you get back involved within the group and the manager wouldn't play you unless you're fit, so therefore just hit the ground running. Whereas th- there's a very human side of it which talks about the psychology of, basically being away from the, the the group as you do individual solo sessions you do your physio recovery then you immerse yourself back into it and you want to contribute you want to be able to play well and you want to be able to put that into a team so whether consciously or subconsciously you're putting yourself under more pressure at that stage because it's a team sport right and you feel that you have to justify your selection but this is exactly why I wanted to see Yanis Hadji involved because we don't know if he if he will be here next year or not. I think that the you know the usual jungle drums always beat around Yanis Hadji. Are, you know he's going to go. There could be another deal for him elsewhere. You know whatever. But we're realists. We know that we can't get rid of everyone. It's not a scorched earth approach. It's simply not workable. Um, we all work within large corporations, David. You know, we, and you know we've. We've, we've been in spaces where we've seen people go through various consultation and changes. Simply getting rid of everyone just isn't going to work. It just doesn't happen. So therefore, when you look at the playing squad and what you think Yanis Hadji can contribute to it, that goal will do him the world of good. If he gets another couple across the course of this week, then okay, great. But now we've got a player who looks like he can contribute. And if he is here next season, hopefully he's buoyed by that confidence and he, and he gets the bit between his teeth to continue to deliver. Will he have another dip in confidence if he goes some games and doesn't play well or doesn't score or whatever. Yeah, but he's not going to be the only player that does that. And I think when you saw the uh, the collective togetherness of the, the team, 
when he scored, you can tell that the guys are all standing behind him. So mm. I think all of those things feel like as if they're in a good space for him to do whatever he can do next season if he's here. And that's exactly why I wanted him involved. That's why I was hoping that he would be able to get a goal under his belt because you can, I mean, you've, you've said it yourself, you can see the difference in him. He, he, yeah. he, he's very much the epitome of a confidence player, probably for me outside of Bonabarisic. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to be here next season. I don't know. Um, but as you say, there will always be this speculation around and we know that. But I, I, it must psychologically, Colin, have a huge impact on you because he, he actually took a, a, a heavy tackle in the second half. It wasn't a red card or anything. I'm not complaining about it. It was just quite a heavy tackle. And I thought he, he, he kind of got up and again, there was an immediate improvement the next five, ten minutes. And I thought, I wonder if he's just going... Oh, good, right. And subconsciously, he began to think, right, I'm okay. Because there must be that thing in the back of your mind. You've been out for over a year. Are you going to get back to that level? And he's nowhere near back to his level yet. I'm not saying that. Um, but I'm just saying that there is, as, as Cammy mentions there, steps in our recovery. Yeah, I think you're probably right. The He, he maybe, believe it or not, enjoyed getting hit yesterday a little bit because of the, the feeling of getting up and you don't intend to say, you know what, I'm actually all right. I can continue. I'm no bother. Here I go. And that is all part of his of his recovery. It's all part of hopefully getting him back to the, the best Janice Aji he can be. Um, it is key that he's been playing these matches. Um, it's really, really difficult at our club to bring a player like that back in and help him with rehabilitation as part of the first team because all of our games matter. They're all important and we don't have room for dare I say, a passenger, which what he was at the start of this recovery, we, we could only come on for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and he didn't have his touch, and he wasn't quite right there. But now that the league's obviously gone and we've got the ability to play him in these matches, I think it is key to give him these games, see what he can do. He's not a player I'd be looking to move on in the summer. I'd like to see what he can do with a full pre-season. I think there's a couple of players that come into that category where the pre-season is going to be so important for them. Um, and he's one of them. If he gets that and he continues this and he can get back to the Yanis Hadji he was before the injury, then I think he's an asset to this squad and he's a guy that you want to have around. And if you wait and do the pre-season it still doesn't work out and he's not quite there, he's a guy you're not going to struggle to get rid of come January. Um, there's always going to be clubs that will take him on. But he's a guy that I think we're all behind. If you remember, we, we had him on the podcast the day he signed, remember? We've mm-hmm. all been big Hadji fans and... He's a guy that when he was out the game injured for so long, which was a really bad injury that happened in a nothing game against lower league divisions, we have opponents and stuff. He wasn't just um, injured and sitting with his feet up. All the stories are that he was at the training ground regularly. He was doing analytic work. He was getting involved in coaching stuff and trying to just learn the game and learn more about football because he's football daft. He's got a football brain and that's all he wants to do. It's probably all he's had in his life because of who his dad is. So, yeah, we want him to get better. I'd love him to hang around and see what he can do because Yanis Hadji is a class act and he can definitely contribute to us next season. Yeah. Um, again, we'll just need to wait and see what the, summer, what the summer brings, but it was a nice moment. And then later on, I'll stay with you on this one, Colin. Todd Cantwell continues his run. Um, excellent reactions after uh, a shot was saved by, by Marshall. He was there first, puts it away um, for 3-0 and game totally done at that point. Interesting because in the first half, he gets fouled, and I thought, well, quite clearly, gets fouled for James Tavernier's um, free kick that leads to a goal. And then after the match, the, the, the Hibs boss suggests he, he, he goes down easy. Um, similar thing in Radio Scotland. We said he's got previous for it, and then he uh, it was picked up by Sky's pundits and commentators. Uh, firstly, it was a foul. You know, 
boy shoves him over, no doubt about that, obstructs him, it's a foul. And secondly, it just, you know, it's not the first time this has happened that he's under a microscope that the other players aren't. And you can't help but feel that it's the uh, the clunking into gears or something because he's playing so well that they're looking to find fault. Because there's many things you can say about Todd Cantwell. He's not a diver. He's not somebody that's knocked off the ball easy. It's just not part of his game. But if he gets fouled, he goes down, as professional footballers do. He's, he's deceptively strong and good on the ball when he doesn't get knocked off the ball as easy as you'd expect him to, actually. Um, the incident yesterday with, I think it was Egan Riley, it is a foul, like you said. Egan Riley puts both his hands on Todd Campbell's chest and pushes him. That's why he goes down. Um, could he have stayed up? I don't know. But he's got two hands on his chest, putting pressure on him. He goes down and wins the free kick. What's the alternative? That he stumbles a little bit, tries to keep his foot, and then loses the ball. Loses the ball, aye. I mean, it's quite right to go down. It, we see it in every league in the world, right? And there is a difference between diving and going down when you're fouled. Cammy, you're you're a ref. You would, I'm I'm sure, back me up on that point. Yeah, listen for sure. But um, I think that you know, and Colin's right about about Cantwell being deceptively strong. He rides tackles really well. Um, he, he he will only go down, in my opinion, at least. And again, I, I don't want to pretend to be biased around it because you look at it objectively. But you know, when it's a foul, it's a foul. It doesn't really matter who the player is against it. And then I think that what we need to do as a club, however, that when you hear comments such as that, we need to be straight back out on the on the defensive about Cantwell because it's it's going to continue to happen. I think you've seen that in his time in Scotland already. That players will look to be able to... They're going to sink to a last resort, which is to be able to try and foul them in order to stop them, because otherwise, you know, a touch, two touches is away from them. We've seen them do that to players throughout teams across the country already. What we need to do is be able to try and make sure that this doesn't become a narrative. And we've fallen foul of that before, where you don't want to have referees not give decisions because the foul's not immediately clear and obvious. He doesn't need to get his legs taken out of under him. Yesterday, the tackle that Colin mentions is a block. It's literally just... You know, it's obstruction in the clearest kind of terms. That's where, and I'm not suggesting that referees should protect him. I don't mean it like that. But what I do mean is just look at it objectively. Don't think differently because it's Todd Cantwell and other uh, managers are suggesting that he goes down easily. And, we and need that's to come why back out go, against that. That's why they're doing it. Incidentally, it's not because oh, they're picking on Todd Cantwell. It's because he's a really good player and yeah. he's, he's difficult to stop. So if you can foul him and get away with it. That helps your chances of of stopping them, and it is that if you, if you put it in people's mind that the guy's a diver, it reduces the free kicks that he gets that he should get. Um, and don't get me wrong, Todd Cantwell dives; he'll get picked up for it because the VAR we, we live in a world of if he's diving to win penalties or get people sent off, then you know we'll we'll see that. But it's it's just as Colin says, it's not who his game is, and yeah, it, it's it's cranked up a couple of times this season, I think already. <laughs> And it well, is quite clearly a tactic to try and label him that to thus reduce uh, or, or to allow defenders more scope to foul him. One of the things I think is really interesting, though, is because <clears throat> uh, I think it was was uh, on the Patreon site yesterday, Ian and Simon and Andy all talking about, you know, let's not remove the element from his game because he does enjoy a yellow card. And, and I get that. And that's a ferocity in him and a temper in him that I would like us to be able to manage because... Um, you know, I don't want to lose that from his game because he gets stuck in about it and does all the things that we've just talked about. 
the thing that we need to be able to try and make sure of, and where I do have a worry a little bit with Cantwell, was against Aberdeen, he was already on the card, and he had a go against the referee for, I'm fairly sure, was a foul that should have been given beforehand, and Tavernier had to, to, had to physically move him away from it. And I think sometimes if his frustration boils over, he could be at risk of, you know, not getting a foul, then another foul doesn't get given for him, and then it keeps going, and then eventually he starts to have a wee bit of a lash out and stuff. That's the only thing that I would say has to be a tempered balance. But, you know, as we've said there, if players are getting to the stage where the only way they can stop him is to foul him, uh, then he's doing something right. No, absolutely. He's been excellent. And uh, again, he was, he was speaking about get a pre-season in and I know I can get better. And the manager says that, to be fair, the manager um, keeps saying, you know, he's, he's doing well, but there's more to come and that's an exciting prospect for us going into next season um, game almost done, Hibs had time for a, a, a consolation in the last minute but disappointing for uh, Robbie McCrory, first goal he's conceded in his Rangers career which was disappointing, just seconds away from a fifth clean sheet but all in all um, decent wee day out, good victory for the Bears and we do go into the match against Hearts on Wednesday now as Colin and Cammy have mentioned uh, the club have stated that they will make a statement on Tuesday at the press conference I would assume about the players who will be leaving the club and that you would assume would be the out of contract one. I don't think they're going to say, and these guys are available for transfer. That that doesn't really happen in real life because what happens if nobody buys them? You're stuck with them next season. And you've got to say, oh, no, I, I know that we've spent all summer trying to get rid of him, but honestly, I think he's a great player. So that's not going to happen. It will be the out of contract ones. So you're looking at McGregor, Arfield, Hellander, uh, guys like that going, maybe a few of the younger boys that are, are being moved on as well. And Colin, the manager spoke about giving the fans an opportunity to to say goodbye to the players on Wednesday night. Uh, and that has prompted, I think, a lot of chat among the support about whether certain players deserve it, whether the way that it's ended for the likes of Maria Loss and Kent will mean that there is likely to do it. Some guys I, I've, I've seen on social media saying, I'll do it for Arfield McGregor, I'm not going to do it for Kent Morelos, etc. What are your views on the sort of mixed reaction to it and for some of the players who are about to be leaving? I think that and in, in modern football, David, with modern fans and social media and everybody having a voice, there's a mixed reaction to absolutely everything. It, it, I, I don't think there is anything that's going to get universal 100% appeal um, if we said that we were going to give out all the pies for free on Wednesday night, somebody would be upset we weren't doing it with the hot dogs. So it's it's one of those ones for me. I think that these players have contributed to the club over a number of years. It's not ended anywhere like as, as sweetly as I'd like it have done with Alfredo Morelos and with Ryan Kent. But they have both contributed a lot. They've both given us some great experiences supporting the club. And I'd be more than happy to give them a clap or a cheer or whatever it might be on Wednesday night and, and wish them off and wish them all the best, really. Um, Like I said, it's not went the way we would want. However, I'm not going to sit here and begrudge them a, a, a chance to say cheerio to some fans that have been playing in front of for five years, fans that at times have absolutely adored the both of them. And like I say, I've given them some great nights, some great experiences. So for me anyway, um, speaking as me, my myself, a fan sat in the Coltman Rear on Wednesday night, I'm quite looking forward to seeing that little moment. More so, I will say, for McGregor, um, for Arfield in particular, they're two guys that have never really put a foot wrong and they absolutely deserve it, but also for other guys as well. I think they deserve their moment. Um, It's something we've always done over the years. I remember 
when Alberts, do you remember Alberts left and he got his sort of two his studio, yeah, two guy gate crashed it. Remember? Never forgave him for that. <laughs> it was horrendous. It's a good he job he was leaving. Yeah. <laughs> he did the whole lap of the stadium with I know, him. And, I, and I just remember everyone going, you fuck off, um, as, he, as he was yeah. doing it. Um, do it again yourself, George. Do it again yourself yeah, now. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, I think he'd misunderstood quite the levels of fondness there. But yeah, no, you're right. And um, the De Boers, I remember, is doing it for Michael Malls. Um, it has been something that we've done. Cammy, you've always had a bit of a love-hate relationship uh, in your views of Alfredo. And uh, the thing is about Alfredo, he's always been a bit of a he polarised people and to this day there are people for whom he cannot do anything right right that they they just his attitude and they have evidence for it by the way his attitude at times sometimes his physical condition some of his appearances um but then equally you've got people for whom he cannot do anything wrong that they will always find uh, a reason for defending him and it doesn't matter what he does it's always other people in the wrong uh, that, that they're always too critical they, they, they judge him harsher than they judge other people and like everything there's probably truth on both sides but I think that there will be people who are desperate to say goodbye to him and people who are desperate to make a thing of not saying goodbye to him when it comes to Wednesday night Yeah but I mean I think you know I kind of went on record before Davy about when you know a few months ago when we were saying about you know, there's, there's people out there who would have uh, been happy to see Alfredo Morelos given another contract and then midway through that contract, sell him on for a decent fee because he knew what he was capable of doing, which I also didn't believe because I don't think our support would have swallowed because he would have to have been our top goal scorer at that point and, and you know, contributing constantly with goals, which he's capable of doing, by the way, because we have seen that. And, you know, I've used the phrase, you know, singular point of failure with Alfredo Morelos before, which just underpins exactly how important he has been to that team across his time at Rangers. But I don't believe that there was this thing within the support of, yeah, we'll happily see him go um, because, you know, we would have got our money's worth out of him. People would have kicked off because the club then decided to sell him whilst yeah. he was in there it. There were times I was like, no, just get rid of him. And he's come back and played a valuable part. So, you know, it has been an up and down. It's just the type of character and personality that Alfredo Morelos is. He's a guy that he, he, he draws attention, you know, or, or rather attention is naturally given to him. He's that type of guy. He's not a quiet come in and almost like Ryan Kent, just to get on with the job. The other guy that we're, we're sort of discussing here. Um, no, he, he, he doesn't, but then at the same point, and this is kind of what I'm saying about the, you know, the narrative that we, we've had to kind of control because Alfredo Morelos is a perfect example of it. There's been, you know, borderline xenophobia put against them across the national media, against, you know, um, away fans and stuff as well, which doesn't seem to apply to other players. And I think, he, 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 you know, you mentioned that polarising effect. I absolutely think he has that within away support as well. The, the the main thing for me, more than anything else, is I think people should respect what he's done for Rangers. I think Rangers are doing their best in a difficult situation in terms of being able to try and manage him out the door. And we saw that at the player of the year you know, when he was given, a, you know, European top goal scorer and stuff as well. These are all, you know, nice, right? It's nice to be able to try and do it. There's no reason for us to put him out in the cold any more than we already have done because it's quite obvious that the manager has more or less just said to him, you know, you're, you're kind of coming to an end, that's it. I've seen and heard people saying, well, you know, these guys should get, you know, five, ten minutes or whatever. It wouldn't bother me either way if all we're going to simply do is, you know, bring them out at halftime or at the end of the game or whatever and give them a a lap, then okay, fair enough, it's not going to make me feel any differently towards it. I'll remember his goals, I'll remember where he's taken us, I'll remember 55. 
I just don't want it to be the case. You know, the, the players like this will come and go. We're going to go through this again. We've been through it all before. Um, I think people could just give them a degree of respect and just say, look, you know, you did do big things for this. We compensated you very well. I can hear Andy McGowan in my, the back of my head talking about that. <laughs> but we compensated him very well. We 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 uh, we lived with a lot of the stuff that he brought as well. And we had to manage that, you know, on and off the park. Let's just let's just call it a buy, and then we're done. And he can go, and if he, you know, wherever he decides to sail off to next, all the best to him. But he is part of why we need to be able to try and do this rebuild because he is the epitome of a player that we have held on to for far too long. We've missed the opportunity to sell him, and we've allowed him now to run out of contract. And for what was a twenty million, twenty-five million rated asset at one point, he's going to leave now on a free. And that's I where think, we've been at. I think that history will record the reason I would it's totally right to let him go is I think history will record that Rangers FC got the best of his career yep. when his yep. career yes. is finished. I don't Absolutely. I don't see him going somewhere and, and tearing it up really because I, I don't think he's quite as in love with football as he once was. And it, for a lot of people it becomes a job after a while. So um but I, I don't think that the rampaging young Alfredo Morelos that we saw at twenty nineteen twenty will will reappear somewhere. So uh, I think maybe maybe think it's it... just the point. I mean, I think everybody knows, right, in terms of his own background and stuff, and 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 where he came from. Uh, he's invested in that area really heavily um, since becoming a professional footballer, especially you know with the with the wages that Rangers have paid him. And so there probably is a point. I mean, I don't know. I'd be interested one day if he ever talks about this to say, look, I've kind of got to. A, a place in my life financially and where through relative degrees of philanthropy or however you want to be able to say, I've invested in the area I came from, I've done what I wanted to do and I kind of got to that stage. What I do think, and we know we've spoken about this previously for sure, is that he will look back on his career and say, I could have gone further. How much, that means, yeah. how much that means to him, I don't know. Because like I say, I know he, he's done a lot of stuff within his local area and I think that that has been his his priority and that's very commendable it's very very commendable but at the same point there may be regrets in his life you know oh he could, he could post have his career when he thinks harder. actually he, he could undoubtedly at times have pushed himself out i think that he was one of these people that have the natural sort of body type that you've got to keep on top of it you've got to work very hard that, that people who are maybe naturally have a different metabolism etc don't um and he's not prepared to do that now and he hasn't been for a wee while and i think that he's he he's he's you know the the idea that he's fat he's not fat right but he's not the condition that we know he could be in um so it's just uh, yeah, i agree i just think that for a million quid over 100 goals top european goal scorer he's been a fantastic sign and, and i agree with something the manager said a couple of weeks ago where he said that in time people will look back on him a lot more fondly one guy i think that we all do look on fondly colin that will be we've, we've spoken about Al mcgregor Rangers legend, right? That goes without saying. But Scott Arfield, <coughs> pardon me, for a free transfer, five years, quite a lot of goals, quite a lot of important goals. Um, he he's been a good bit of business, and uh, again, somebody I think that that can can very much leave with his head held high. Yeah, he's been a, a fantastic piece of business. Who came in at a very important time where you needed a probably a player like him with his sort of stature and his sort of maturity Big. to come in at that time, you know, and. 
make a name for himself and try and control that midfield. And it's, it's, it's not just like the goals that he can score or the passes that he was able to do. He was quite a physical character. He wasn't afraid of throwing himself around and getting in people's faces, which was, was necessary then as well. So, yeah, he's he's faded a little bit in the last couple of years, which you do at that stage of your career. But he's faded in a way that he actually became a very good substitute, a, mm. a far better substitute than starter, as we've spoken about a fair few times in the past on the Patreon and on the yeah. post-match shows. He He's great to come onto a game and either try and get you something or to help you hold something. He's been good mm. at both of those things. Important goals even this season. Look, look at the ones against Aberdeen. Um, when he got as the winners in that yeah. match as well, he's he still contributed up until the end, and he's a guy that I think has aspirations to go into coaching and do stuff in the game. I think he'll sign for somebody else. I think he'll play a little bit longer, and you'll see him hopefully going into coaching. He's another guy, and we've been lucky with a fair few of these over the last couple of years, who people always speak highly about around the club. He's a guy that I know the club use a lot when new signings. He he takes mm. them around, shows them where everything is, talks to them a little bit about the club and the history and what it's all about and what it's actually like playing for Rangers because as we all know, it's not really comparable to playing for any other club and he takes on that sort of role, that kind of upper sort of player management sort of role, you know, the, we've got the kind of leadership team within the squad, he's very much a part of that and he's contributed highly to that as well as on the pitch, so yeah, he's another one that goes head held high, thank you for the service and all the best for the rest of your life Absolutely. Right, folks, that will do us for this week on Heart and Hand, the penultimate show of the season. We will be uh, here in the summer with a couple of shows uh, looking back at the season, looking ahead to next year, talking about transfers, etc, etc. Before that, Cammy will be back uh, later this week where he'll look back on the Hearts game and look ahead to the final match against St Mirren. So, first of all, my thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee, Paul Miles. My thanks to my two guests today, first of all, Cameron Bell. A pleasure as always, boys. Thank you for your time. And Colin McMillan. Yeah, great to chat, folks. Thank you. And may I just point you in the direction of our Patreon site. It's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you can come and support the work we do. But also you get quite a lot of, uh, of bang for your buck over there with loads and loads of great shows. And we keep going all summer long. So don't worry about that. And can I just say as well to anyone who's coming along to see us at our, and I still can't believe I'm saying this, sold out show at New Edmiston House. We very, very much look forward to welcoming you there for that. Colin, who uh, runs our merch operation at these things, would like me to point out that uh, while we will take both cash or card, the venue is card only. So if you're turning up without a bank card and with cash, you won't be able to get a drink. Um, us, you'll be able to buy as much Heart and Hand branded tat as your 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 heart content um, as you can carry. Frankly, and, and we urge you to do that. I mean, it's shite, but it's it's <laughs> it's nice shite with a Heart and Hand logo on it. So come along to that. We're very much looking forward to it. We're told the Loudon Tavern is opening before it as well. So if you plan to make a day of it, it's a bank holiday weekend. We're very much looking forward to welcoming you to New Edmonston House. Right, that will do me. I will talk to you again next Monday. Until then, folks, have a fabulous week and I hope to see as many of you as possible on Friday night. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.